Oh, no, no. <laughs> All righty. You know, uh, one thing I want to mention before we sing again. You all seen those little smart cars? You know the little smart cars? It like, looks like a little toy car. It's so tiny. It's a, a two-seater. Well, when they designed the smart I just found this out. When they designed the smart car, they made it so short and so compact that they designed it so that a driver could pull up into a parking space where there wasn't enough space for a normal car and pull in front first. And the rear end would not stick out past the other cars. For real. So what happened was when they started selling the smart cars a few years back, owners were doing that. They would park in a small spot where it wasn't big enough for a normal car to fit in, sideways. They'd park sideways. And their rear end wouldn't come out any further than the other line of cars really? to the street. But listen to this. You know how when people park their car, they usually, it's a tight spot, and they back full, uh, back up yeah. and forward, like forward and backward, and they'll bump the two cars that they're parking between? Well, this is what was happening. They would bump the smart car, but they weren't bumping its bumper. They were bumping its side doors. And as a result, the people couldn't get in the car. <laughs> it bent the doors so that they wouldn't open. You see, it, 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 the jam, the uh, lock, it wouldn't, it wouldn't open. So they had to issue a big statement. Do not any longer park vertically in a horizontal parking space because your doors won't open. They'll bump into you and your door won't open. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. You need to be a, uh, a computer expert. Oh, I know. I wouldn't drive that damn thing. Yeah, the salesman who sold us our Prius, it's a hybrid, and yeah. he said, this is a computer on wheels. Yeah. He said, don't take it to Joe, Joe the mechanic down the street because he'll ruin it. <laughs> it's a computer on wheels, and you can only take it to the dealership to have it serviced. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they got you there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I couldn't believe that. Well, let's, uh, let's get to our uh, song. At this time, we'll stand for our final hymn tonight prior to the message. 195. I love this hymn. Take the name of Jesus with you. That's what we need to do. First, third, and fourth, folks. Classic, classic hymn. Yeah. 
Jesus. How it thrills our souls with joy when His loving arms receive us and His songs are comes and pour precious seated. Good singing tonight, Dawn. We had, just had a really good, good conversation. We can praise the Lord. The visitor that just came in that was lost from the mind is also saved. Amen. Yeah. That's why she stopped at the church. She thought it would be <laughs> I love it. Pointed her in the right direction. Absolutely. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, amen. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. We will sing again afterwards, folks, but let's grab our Bibles at this time tonight. Open up to Genesis chapter 4 at this time. I, um, we will, of course, get back next week to our studies in the Olivet Discourse. But the Lord laid a special message on my heart tonight for you and for me. And um, con considering all of the... Genesis chapter 4, folks. Considering all of the mayhem going on in the world and all of the nonsense going on, and all of the wickedness occurring. Uh, my heart is burdened tonight. And my heart is burdened for the universal need of prayer. The universal need of prayer is my message tonight. And folks, every once in a while, the Holy Spirit will lead us to, uh, in a certain direction. And that's what we're doing tonight. Stopping and pausing and recognizing the need for universal prayer in these evil days. Amen. Look with me. Uh, this morning in Genesis chapter 4, and I want to give you one, two, three, four, five reasons for the need, for the need of universal prayer. Uh, the first one is found, uh, let's look at first mentions in the Bible. There's first mentions in the Bible of various topics, and one of them is prayer. Well, the first mention of prayer in the Bible is found here in Genesis chapter 4, look with me, in Genesis chapter 4, verse 25 tonight, the Bible says, and this is just after Adam and Eve had uh, 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 their children, you know, Adam knew his wife again, and she bare a son and called his name Seth. For God said she hath appointed me another seed instead of Abel, whom Cain slew. And to Seth, to him also there was born a son, and he called his name 
Enos. Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Notice in verse 26 that in the earliest chapters of the book of Genesis, men and women began to pray to God. Now, there's something else you need to realize as we look at first mentions of prayer in the Bible. And that is this. There was no Bible at this time. They didn't have a Bible to tell them men ought always to pray and not to faint. What did they have? How did they know that they're supposed to pray? Think. The earliest generations of earth only knew by word of mouth. By word of mouth. Adam and Eve taught Seth, and Seth taught his children, and thus uh, and so forth, to pray to God. Amen? Because God explained to Adam and Eve in the garden, you must seek me, and you must seek me often. So men began to pray and call upon the name of the Lord here. In chapter 12 of Genesis, we'll see again. In chapter 12, not many chapters after, but it is post-deluge here in chapter 12. Look with me at verse number 6. And Abram, who would become Abraham, passed through the land unto the place of Sychem, unto the plain of Moreh. And the Canaanite was then in the land. Canaanites were wicked heathens. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. Now, time out, church. In verse 7, why did Abraham build an altar? What do you do in an altar? What do you, when you come forward to the altar at invitation time, what do you do? You pray. You call upon the Lord, right? You seek his face. This is what Abraham was doing here. And he removed from thence into a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And then he builded, there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed, going on still toward the south. Now notice that in Abraham's journeyings, in his pathway, in his life, he prayed to the Lord and called upon his name that he would guide him and show him the way where he ought to walk. In chapter 26, we'll see it again. In earliest Genesis, they began to pray to the Lord. There's a universal need for prayer. And back here in chapter 26 of Genesis, look with me at verse 23. Here's somebody else. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. And fear not, for I am with thee and will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. And he, Isaac, builded an altar there. And called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent there, and there Isaac's servants digged the well. Now, notice here that Isaac is the son of who? Abraham. So, who taught Isaac to build an altar to pray before God? His father did. Folks, what am I saying? I'm saying it's so important, beloved, tonight, as God's believing people, that we pass the baton of prayer to the next generation. We must tell them, you've got to pray and pray and pray some more. You've got to seek God with all your heart and soul because the days are evil. And oh, folks, I love the fact that the Bible portrays this perfectly, where one generation passes on the prayer life to the next before God. Ever since the beginning, man has prayed to their creator is what we learn here. There's one 
uh, first reason there for the universal need of prayer, because men have always prayed to the Lord in every generation. But secondly, why the universal need of prayer? Secondly, because God wants all people of the world to pray to him. Go with me to Psalm 65. But he's selective in wanting all people to pray to him. Let me show you what I mean. You can't just pray to God in any name. In Psalm 65, God wants all people to seek him and to pray to him through his son. In Psalm 65, David writes by the Holy Ghost, verse 1, Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Zion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Wow! David says by inspiration of God that God hears prayer. Isn't that good? Aren't you glad he hears our prayers? Folks, when we pray, we're not praying in vain. I told Ellie this morning, we had a miracle in the church that we didn't quite realize uh, until afterward, when one by one, everybody was saying how they had no pain during the service, during the fellowship dinner, during the eating time. There's nobody, any pain that we came into church with. I'm talking physically. Anything we came in with this morning, it was dissipated completely. And I turned to my sister during the meal and said, how's your stomach? She said, fine. I said, mine too. <laughs> Folks, that's, now it's a little thing, but it's the presence of the Lord. Why? He hears prayer and he desires for all mankind to come to him through his son. Isaiah 56. I'm so glad he's not fussy about prayer warriors, but he wants all of us to become prayer warriors. In Isaiah chapter 56, we have another passage concerning God's desire for all people to come to him sincerely in prayer. And But you've got to come to him in the right way. We can't come in any old name or any old fashion we like. Jesus said, when you pray in my name, he will hear you. Isaiah 56, look at verse 6. Also the sons of the stranger, that's Gentiles that join themselves to the Lord, they get saved, to serve him and to love the name, name of the Lord, to be his servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it, and taketh hold of my covenant, even them will I bring to my holy mountain, and make them joyful in my house of, of what? Prayer! <laughs> he says a whole bunch of Gentiles are going to come to me in prayer. And they're going to pray in my house. That's why we're here in God's house. Their burnt offerings, picture of our spiritual sacrifices, and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar. For mine house shall be called in house of prayer for some people. Wrong version. Look at verse 7. Mine house shall be called in house of prayer for all people. All people. God wants, listen to me. God wants all, it doesn't matter if you're Chinese or African or Australian. God wants you to come. God wants you to come to his son, and God wants you to pray to him. He wants all people to pray to him. Now, <clears throat> there's a third reason for the universal need of prayer. First of all, we have it, the tradition of prayer being passed from generation to generation. Second of all, God wants all people of the world to pray to him. But third of all, God's Holy Spirit helps those who do pray to him. Hear what I said? You won't be alone in praying. You'll have a helper. 
You'll have a comforter. You'll have a guide that will assist you divinely in your prayer. Go with me to Romans chapter 8. I'm so glad that I don't have to depend upon Bob Oliver for good prayers. The Spirit of God in me, the Spirit of God in me helpeth me to pray, even when I know not how to pray. None of us know how to pray properly. Think about it. Who can here can say, oh, I'm a prayer warrior, I'm a Gregory. You're nothing without the Spirit of God. In Romans chapter 8, Paul, by the Holy Ghost, says this about those who do pray. Verse 26, likewise the Spirit, notice the capital S in verse 26, is that your spirit or God's spirit? It's God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, always when it's capitalized, it's a person. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, that's our weaknesses. For we, why would he help us? For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, that's for sure. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Tongue speakers cannot be uttered verbally. You're not supposed to do that. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. I love the fact that the Bible makes it clear that when you and I do pray, we have a great helper. And that he, when we pray to the, our Father in Jesus' name, the Holy Spirit is praying for us according to his will. Do you see that? In verse number 27, he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when you're praying and your prayers are not very good, <laughs> my hands up, um, it's so good to know that the Holy Spirit in me, his prayers are perfect because they're according to the will of God, unlike maybe some of mine might be. See that? So you can't lose when you pray is what I'm saying. You can't lose in prayer, even if you don't know what to pray for. So as we pray, the Holy Spirit strengthens us. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us, and the Holy Spirit helps us to be effective prayers. Fourthly, tonight, concerning the universal need of prayer, not only does God's Holy Spirit help those who do pray, but our prayers are precious to, Lord, to the Lord. He's so precious to them that he saves them. Look with me here in Revelation, last book of the Bible. Revelation, did you know that God saves every prayer you make? Wow. <laughs> I wonder how full your bottle is, or empty. <laughs> Look with me in Revelation 5, verse number 8. Don't miss this. Verse number 8, John the Revelator sees what's going on in heaven, and watch what he sees. And when he had taken the book, Messiah, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb. Listen, you don't fall down and worship anybody but God, proving here the deity of Christ. He is the Lamb. He is God. And every knee will bow to him. Having, look at it, having every one of them hops and, now, now time, time out, who do the four and twenty elders represent? You and me. Twelve uh, twelve patriarchs and twelve apostles representing the Old Testament church and the New Testament church. It represents all the believers, right? And watch what all the, all the believers have. And, and look what he says in verse number 8. 
having every one of them hops and golden vials. Those are bottles. Uh, Greek word for bottles. Full of odors. They're sweet smelling. Which are the prayers of saints. Wow. In heaven, we'll have these bottles that had been filled on earth with our prayers. And he says it's sweet smelling incense to our God. Why? Because we prayed to him and showed our dependency upon him. Our prayers are so precious to our God that he puts them into little bottles called vials so that he won't lose them. <laughs> As if he would. <laughs> he saves them. He saves them. You know, when you prayed for uh, that loved one or you prayed for that lost one to get saved and they did, God still has that prayer. But it's written on the bottle, answered, answered. <laughs> when I prayed for my dear wife when she had cancer on the mission field, I prayed, God still has those prayers that I put up for my wife, and it's answered, answered. Isn't that good? They're precious to him. When we pray, it's precious to him. How we need to pray. Universal need for prayer. But fifthly, and finally, in the universal need for prayer, our prayers come right before the Lord's face. You got to get a hold of this in closing. Your prayer doesn't bounce off a wall and go into never never land or outer space. Uh, our prayers come right before the Lord's face. If you're still in Revelation, flip forward two pages to chapter eight. Chapter eight of Revelation. You're going to like this because your prayers are not in vain. They come right before the face of God. Wow. And when he, verse one, had opened the seventh seal. There was silence in heaven about the space of half an hour. And I saw the seven angels which stood before God. And to them were given seven trumpets. And another angel came and stood at the altar, having a golden censer. And that's a censer would produce smoke. Um, and there was given unto him much incense that he should offer it with the what? prayers of all saints upon the golden altar which was before the throne and the smoke of the incense you know of the prayers which came with the prayers of the saints ascended up before God out of the angel's hand now time out church I want you to notice in verse 4 exactly where the prayers landed <laughs> it says before his face your prayer landed Woo! I am so glad it's like an HD 4K Ultra television, nice and clear, and the Lord sees exactly what you pray. Ah, oh, I see, I see. Why? Because our prayers are not in vain, because when we pray, our prayers come right before the Lord's face. I like that. I like the fact that my Lord loves me enough to take time out from his busy day to listen to old Bob all of his little problems and to take care of him. He takes care of him. Amen. Folks, it's so good tonight to be reminded that our God wants us to pray. And there right now, like never before in the history of this planet, I believe the need, the universal need of prayer is stronger than ever before. How we need to pray. Oh, when I think of the issues that are at stake right now in America, it's scary because the issues that are at stake will affect the next quarter of a century of America. Wow. Listen, uh, in closing, let me give you this. A uh, <clears throat> poem entitled, I Met God in the Morning, author unknown. 
I met God in the morning when my day was at its best. And his presence came like sunrise, like the glory in my breast. All day long the presence lingered. All day long he stayed with me. And we sailed in perfect calmness over every troubled sea. Other ships were blown and battered. Other ships were sore distressed. But the wind that seemed to drive them brought to me sweet peace and rest. Then I thought of other mornings with a keen remorse of mind. When I too had loosed the moorings with the Savior left behind. So I think I know the secret. Learned from many a troubled way. You must seek him in the morning if you want him through the day. Church, you must seek him in the morning if you want him in the day. And I'm so glad that you and I can seek him in prayer and find him at, at every moment of need. Folks, we need to get alone with God. We need to say, Lord, please. Make me a blessing. Get rid of the flesh. Get rid of anything that's interfering with what you want to do in my life. I pray and ask you to take these things away from me. That I might be a better servant for thee. J. Hudson Taylor, the great missionary. Listen to China. Hudson Taylor was the great missionary to China. He said, and I quote, The sun has never risen on China without finding me at prayer. In 40 years on the mission field, I saw 700 missionaries come and 10,000 native workers surrender to full-time service to God through my mission. But not because of me, but because of God's answering my prayers. Because of God's answering my prayers. Father in heaven, how we thank you tonight. Hudson Taylor was right. There is such a vast universal need of prayer in the world tonight. And Lord, they're watching football games tonight, and they're at the circus tonight, and they're at the barrooms tonight, but they're not praying. Lord, in closing this service tonight, we're, I, I want to pray. Lord, I want us to gather around and form a prayer circle, and we're going to pray and seek your face before we feast and have a fellowship dinner. Because Lord, the time is so short. Lord, you're coming back so quickly and so many people are not ready. So many people are going to find themselves in the midst of tribulation under the Antichrist in a horrific world of darkness for seven years, Lord. That grieves our hearts tonight. They need Jesus Christ, though they don't know it. So, Father, we thank you for the reminder, Holy Spirit, tonight from your word. That there is universal need. for Lord, we're in Hooksit, New Hampshire, in America. But there's just as much need tonight in Baghdad, Iraq, or in uh, uh, Sydney, Australia, or Rome, Italy, for prayer. It's universal. It's everywhere needed tonight. We ask you to bless the message in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, before we pray, let's. Uh, I want us to open up our hymnals. For a quick hymn. And then we're going to form a prayer circle. And I want us to open up to 31. Hymn 31. We'll only sing in uh, hymn 31, the first and the last. And then we'll get right to our business. Hymn 31. Oh, how Child of every hand, and we cannot understand all the 
ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. But he'll guide us with his eye and we'll follow till we die. We will understand it better by and by. And our hearts are made to plead for in thoughtless world or deed. And we wonder why the best when we try to do our best. But we'll understand it better by and by. Amen. By and by, when the morning comes, when the saints of God are gathered home, we will tell the story how we Amen. I'm so thankful for that. We don't, may not understand it all right now, but one day we will. In the meantime, we've got prayer for what we don't understand. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord, folks. So let's gather around for our prayer time at this